Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Gladiators, welcome to another episode of The Sword and Shield. This is uh, Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Howard, 960th Cyber Wing Command Chief, and today with me I have... Hi, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Andy Heo, uh, OSF Commander. And? Uh, Major Jessica Morris, I'm a Chief of Current Operations in the 960 OSF. Awesome, I really appreciate you taking some time today to talk to us to, about your organization. And we wanna really get our gladiators out there or potential gladiators uh, to understand a little bit about you and then your organization. So, Colonel Hugh, if you don't mind, can you kind of introduce yourself to uh, Gladiators? Yeah, absolutely, thanks. Uh, so as part of being uh, the OSF commander, I uh, moved here from uh, uh, US Cybercom and was working in the J3, but uh, working as a TR and uh, been part of the reserves for uh, a little while now after I got off active duty in uh, 2007. So I've served in all four statuses as a TR, as an IMA, as an AGR, as an ART. So I've seen all the different perspectives uh, associated with being a reservist. Uh, but, you know, personally, you know, I'm originally from the great state of Ohio. Uh, everyone will know that I'm always carrying around my Buckeye uh, card with me very regularly. Um, but I do, uh, as a TR, commute here from uh, Colorado Springs and then uh, also have a side primary job, but uh, working in uh, cybersecurity in a small business that we do cybersecurity, cyber engineering, uh, intelligence, and we have about 105 employees. And then uh, as a tertiary job, I also work as a, for the NCAA as a women's basketball official. So I have a very interesting background, but uh, yeah. super glad to be here as part of the part of the team. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Major Morris. All right. So I've, I've been a reservist with the OSF for about a year. Before that, I was actually in OGV at the group for about six months, just as sort of a holding place. Uh, that's where I started out. And uh, before that, I was active duty. Um, I'm actually a core operations research analyst. Um, my background's in math, operations research. I started out at Global Strike A9, um, went to AFIT, got my master's degree, uh, went to Eglin Air Force Base, worked in the 513th Electronic Warfare Squadron, doing test and evaluation of F-35 mission data, um, and then cross-trained into cyber, uh, went through UCT um, at Keesler, and then came here, worked in the 90th Cyber Operations Squadron, because I was really interested in like coding. Um, so I was a flight commander there as a senior captain. And so I led a flight of about 30 some odd folks um, working for different software development teams, primarily focused on offensive cyber operations capabilities. From there, uh, pinned on major and moved up to 16th Air Force where I was the team lead for um, requirements and capabilities in the Cyber Tactical Operations Center under the J38. Um, now it's the 838. Um, working in the CTOC, um, essentially being the primary point of contact for US Cyber Command uh, J38, um, and also kind of being the primary point of contact for all things Air Force offensive cyber capabilities. Um, 
And so from there, I um, decided it was time for me to get out and wanted to kind of dabble in data science. So got a contractor job where I was the only data scientist in the entire company, um, which was exciting um, and challenging. I supported several different projects. By the time I switched um, to my current job um, as an ops research analyst, I um, actually built a prototype for um, fine-tuning a large language model, specifically for software development. And now in my uh, contractor capacity, I work with Linquest and I am an ops research analyst supporting US Space Force. I work for S9, um, who supports S1. And so I work with civilian data and provide them analysis on a regular basis. So, yeah, that's, that's some interesting stuff. I, I have a number of questions for you on that, but uh, I'll come back to those. Uh, I was hoping that you could also tell the gladiators out there, um, what's the what's the day in the life of, of a member inside uh, the OSF? Yeah, so uh, as part of our mission here, you know, obviously we're taking care of the weapons and tactics shop, uh, stand eval, and then uh, training associated with IQT and MQT. So. Uh, a lot of our personnel are a little more senior in nature. Uh, they have some experience with weapon systems, maybe certified on weapon systems. Um, part of that job is to be associated with operations. Um, although we may see some taskers a little bit, uh, just being uh, geolocated with the wing and the group. Uh, uh, a lot of our associated expertise and, and technical know-how associated with the weapon systems is very unrivaled uh, with, with the other units. Uh, so, you know, we specialize and pick personnel who have uh, a very particular subset associated with those weapon systems and can provide uh, appropriate perspective on that. Uh, but also as part of that, you know, is the genesis and growth of uh, turning the OSF into a squadron level uh, unit so that uh, as we continue to grow, as we continue to grow the uh, cyber mission across the total force, uh, there's growth needed as a part of a, that, that operational support mission. And so I think that's just a natural genesis is to be able to uh, continue to fine tune and, and uh, put the right personnel against the right weapon systems and then continue to move into different areas like we're doing with uh, the debt as they have grown into a OCO unit and then continue to provide uh, Dota and Ops and then the DCO mission uh, support. Okay. Yeah, so as as Chief of Current Operations, um, a couple of things that I focus on is supporting the huge effort where their their goal is to create an environment where creating an exercise for one weapon system is a heavy lift and then you try and incorporate like five or six different weapon systems and it's it's a huge endeavor and it was really great. The the biggest takeaway that a lot of leadership gave us feedback is they said coming together and, and being able to see someone face to face and build those relationships and talk to each other and like show each other here this is what i do in my job like that's that's huge um it also is uh so it's good like just social networking professional networking but then also sharing technical knowledge and exposing people to the different options even within the reserves within the Air Force of like, what are the different technologies that I that I can learn? What are the different weapon systems that are available? And um, where can my career go? Okay. So that that's really exciting for me. So as a reservist, that's sort of like my Disneyland. 
right? I work all year and, and, and try and make that a success. Um, so I, I, I'm in charge of the, the white team. Okay. And as a white team lead, my job is to keep the blue team from breaking the range. <laughs> and um, basically just, just making sure that everyone has a really good training experience there. Gotcha. So for those out there that don't understand the difference between white, blue, and red, can you help break down what the difference is between a white team, blue team, and a red team is? Yeah, absolutely. So white team is sort of like the refs, you know? So we we have, like, perfect knowledge so we can see everything, you know. Um, we know what the blue team's doing. We know what the red team's doing. Um, our, our job is to make sure that, you know, everyone on the field is is playing by the, by the rules. You know, mm-hmm. the blue team um, – I'll start with the red team, actually. So the red team um, – their full-time job is just playing in exercises and, and being the bad guys. Gotcha. You know? um, whether, whether, so in our, in our particular case, right there, they send um, a small team of folks down and they go through um, basically the cyber kill chain, you gotcha. know? So they're, they're, they're aggressors essentially. So like yep. we're talking about fine ops, you know, they're, they're considered the bad guys, the bogeys yep. and uh, they're doing whatever they can to drive you to, um, make certain actions or to win, right? Yep. You know, it's yep. it's the op, op team. Yep. Yep. So they're they're trying to gain access to the network without mm-hmm. you knowing. They're trying to get in there, create effects, um, deny service, different stuff like that. So, but okay. they're but they're like super good at it because that's their full time job. So the blue team, right? We have people with with different skill levels, different weapon systems, like all this different stuff, um, and so they are there um, operating their you know, simulated weapon system, right? right? Um, in in a way to like hunt the red team, so so they have an idea. Like, there's a bad guy out there. We need right. to find him, and, and we're just practicing. Like, how do we work through responding through the kill chain? Right. Right. How do we find them? How do we shut them down? That type of thing. Um, so it's just they don't necessarily get that on a day to day basis, and in, in their in their normal jobs, so this is an opportunity for them to exercise that. Gotcha, and, that, and that's just like one small portion of what the OSF does, right? And going back to the, the breakdown that you had, sir, about the kind of talent that we're bringing in into the OSF, we're looking for those individuals with operational experience and knowledge in certain systems, and we're bringing them here and pulling them into the OSF or the OSS down the down the down the pathway, uh, so that um, those expertise can be leveraged for things like planning, uh, planning exercises, planning missions. And then also the logistics chain of how do we work some of the weapons nuances, as well as some of the standardization, some of the evaluations, as well as the documentation that kind of aligns there. So it's not all of the, the operation keyboard stuff. It's the, the knowledge and experience of being out there in an operation and on those weapon systems that we're really looking for to bring here and then be able to take us to the next step, right? So when we were talking about your por- the, the portion you just talked about, ma'am, right? We can take that expertise here from the OSF, helps us generate the exercise, generate the, the white cell, and all the documentation that would require for the, all the TTPs that would be leveraged, as well as all of the, the construct of that exercise so that we can leverage red team, blue team, to get the outcomes out of the blue team for training and exercise purpose, correct? To sum it up? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's important to know we're still fighting a, an ideology, you know, I mean, my history goes back to 2001, right? So we're still fighting the IT support career field ideology, right? Agreed. I mean, we're, we're doing ops. And so 
being part of cyber is a, is a different thing than being part of the old common IT field. And it's trying to understand how ops is persecuted, uh, what we're actually doing in a operation is still, you know, we're still kind of in the novice uh, realm in terms of how we're trying to do that work. So uh, trying to integrate technology. And on the other side of that coin, we're still trying to get actual operators to understand what we can bring to the fight. And I think that's that's the other uh, campaign that we have to leverage is trying to be a little bit better with our uh, strategic messaging on, on our capabilities, right? What can we do? No, I fully agree. I, I think that uh, we haven't made the full paradigm shift inside of uh, the Air Force culture of that cyber isn't just laptop support, right? Um, I think a lot of people do get it, right? But because it is not as ingrained into the operational mindset, um, even though we look at uh, Internet of All Things, right, and the weaponization of the Internet of All Things, um, that uh, cyber really is, uh, whether you want to call it a domain or not, um, an area that, that requires an operational mindset uh, and getting after some of those those changes in, and um, getting after the hard problems is kind of where the OSF sits, right? You know, and that's where that importance is about um, getting that right talent on weapon systems and experience, whether it's on the civilian side uh, or predominantly military side when it comes to how do we detect uh, whether we have any kind of issues? How do we hunt those issues? How do we then, uh, you know, mitigate or eradicate uh, bad actors in, in our domain and bringing that talent together here in the OSF allows for us to then take the step up because uh, we love our tactical units. Um, we love the individuals on, on keyboard and on console working those weapon systems and that's where they cut their teeth. That's where some of the real action happens. But it's the OSF that takes that, that, that knowledge, that experience, brings it to the table and then helps us take it to the next level through um, that standardization through WebTAC, through those exercises, and, and then even some of the other skill sets. And from my experience in the space side, we've also leveraged that when it comes to advanced TTPs. You know, those different practices and, and uh, ways of maneuvering so that we can get our adversary to do something that we need to that, or, or mitigate that. That about right? Oh, yeah, that's absolutely on point. Uh, you know, I think it's important to note um, the flexibility of being reservist and, and being able to support this mission. Uh, you know, when I came on board as a, as a commander here in the OSF, I was the only one from out of state traveling here to do this stuff. And now we got numerous, uh, numerous parts of our team are coming from out of state. That shows uh, there's talent out there to be yes. found, right? And, and, and very specialized talent um, that can come forward and, and, and give us the mission that mission sets that we need to do what we need to do. No, I, I, I think you make a great point, um, especially as you see how um, AFRC has adjusted IDT travel reimbursement mm -hmm. um, as we're getting after some of these bigger problems. Uh, we There's an understanding that um, what was centrally located um, isn't necessarily um, advantageous for the talent pool that we need. And when we look at cyber very specifically, the fact that uh, talent does pull in certain areas, it doesn't necessarily pull here in San Antonio or any one of our other meccas of, of excellence uh, when we talk about some of the other weapon systems. So opening the door allows for that talent to come from the, the East Coast, West Coast, Central U.S. I mean, in some cases, I know we have individuals that live as far as Hawaii, Puerto Rico, or even in uh, Europe doing other civilian work that come in to do this type of stuff because the excitement and the capability. 
So for anybody out there listening, I, I'd say that this is the this is one of those places that it makes sense to come to, especially when we're talking about, all right, I'm feeling a little bit, I'm good at what I'm doing, but I want to get better. Right. Yep, and that's the whole reserve model in my mind, whether you're a flyer or, you know, on, on the Army side or, or whatever it is, to, you know, be blunt about it, the sexy stuff that you can do is on the reserve side when you come on duty. Right. Right? Because you, there's stuff that you can do here that you cannot do as a civilian. And so that's where... Uh, to me, that's the return on investment in things for us is to make sure we're putting people in opportunities where they cannot do stuff uh, on the civilian side. And, and Major Morris made a great point is that, you know, the, the, the talent translates to those skills, you know, so they may love their civilian job and that that may be what they want to do as a reservist. But I think that there's great opportunity to do some things that you can't do. No, I think that, you know, uh, Major Morris's story is a, is a very interesting one, too on that point, right? When we talk about mathematics and data analytics, and we talk about uh, large language models is one of the key pieces when we talk about AI uh, and where Cyrus future is, I think that there's a lot of lot of information there and knowledge and experience in that realm that really correlates to cyber operations um, and you know the future of cyber operations. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think it's it's definitely an evolving field that much much like cyber, right? If if you're not paying attention, it's going to change, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to miss it. And so that that's something that I found is that um, just trying trying to be on the forefront of that technology, right? It is a full time job. Yes, you know, like I would I would spend every single day bef- like during work, after work, whatever, I I had all my Google alerts for like every single time there was a new large language model that came out, right? Every single time there was any news whatsoever on artificial intelligence, large language models, I needed to know because I needed to learn. You know what I mean? And I I feel like um, for our cyber professionals, right? If that's their civilian job as well, they gotta be on top of it, right? Because it's changing so quickly. If you're not on top of it, you will get left behind. Right. No, I, I, I can totally relate. Right. So I, I would get every couple of weeks a, a new uh, snapshot of the different um, AI uh, software and applications that were becoming readily available. And I remember when it was like, a, you know, let, let's say like almost a four inch little window right, of, of, you know, four, five, six. And then quadruples. Now it's like multi pages of, of different types of uh, um AI applications that you can use. And and I use AI not to, to be, you know, completely tied to cyber. But when we're talking about the digital domain uh, within cyber and the speed that we're talking about of cyber, it's only going to be enhanced. And um, when we talk about the technology speeds, um, it's only going to rapidly increase with AI, right? Um, we already see stories in... Uh, on class mail uh, in, in regular media that, hey, you know, here's this company that's using this or using these type of models to then generate faster production cycles and the, the type of technology that's going to be coming rapidly. If you're not on top of what's going on, where they're hitting that, that experience at, you could be, we could be lost very quickly. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, it. I think it gets back to your focus. You know what I mean? If you're not focused on it, you're, you're missing it. That's any one of our careers though, right? If you think about it, right? If you really love what you do, not that you have to be 
you know, neurotic about it. Yeah. But being a good consumer of, of the information, I think that, that definitely hones in those skill sets. Um, but I digress. I, sorry, I geek out sometimes, and I apologize. But <laughs> That's uh, okay. you know, um, if you were to to get a, a couple of taglines out there or little things that you want to say about the OSF to other airmen and to gladiators, what would be yours, sir? Um, I think within the unit, you know, part of uh, establishing a culture and being a, a new leader is, I always say that uh, no one can fail you if you don't line out expectations for them. And so part of the deal here, uh, and Major Morse has heard it from me, is uh, I care very much about people being genuine. Mm -hmm. um, so the unit mission in itself, I think it speaks volumes about uh, how cool it is, uh, being able to be associated with weapon systems uh, in a career field where that was not available to us you know, 10 years ago. And so being able to be a part of that, the being, a, being able to be a part of operations uh, is the cool factor. Uh, but in terms of the, like the taglines and things that we do, uh, it's, it used to be the mighty or small but mighty OSF. Um, I think the tagline I used the other day was uh, medium size and still awesome, OS, soon to be OSS. Um, but we'll continue to grow. We'll continue to add uh, mission sets to see how we can support uh, the 960th and, and moving forward with the, the reserve mission. But I think uh, continued expansion, the opportunity to grow uh, is very similar to my to my regular life as a small business and being able to grow. So I think people who are interested in that small business model and not being a face in the crowd of a large business, uh, I think that's where the OSS is, uh, would meet someone's mark. Gotcha. How about you, man? So not, not to make Colonel Heo blush, but um, I really appreciate him as a commander. Um, I feel like he is very supportive of, of his people and his, his focus really is on bringing people in and, and creating this culture that is very welcoming mm -hmm. and very supportive. Um, with respect to the OSF, um, I, I'm just happy to be here, right? I mean, I, I told you I'm a bit of an outsider as an ops research analyst and, and you know, don't, don't have as much experience on the cyber side to feel like, oh, you know, I, I've never operated a weapon system. You know, I'm... I'm uh, I don't even know how many, like 13-year major, right? And most of that time was in ops research, but some of it was in cyber. And so I'm I'm happy to be here, happy to be a part of it. I'm happy to offer my unique perspective, right? Um, but our patch, right? We have the Kraken on it, right? And, and when you think of a Kraken, it's got all these different arms. Why, right? How many weapon systems do we have, right? The group is over all these different units with all these different weapon systems, Right. And we're trying to wrap all of our arms around it to bring them all in, to understand how they all work, to standardize them, to manage them, stand, stand an eval, weapons and tactics, all this kind of stuff. Right. And so it makes sense. It's a Kraken. You need a Kraken to wrangle all these cats. And so. A lot of animals in that analogy. <laughs> I. Why we eat the elephant one by the time. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, I. I would argue who wants to eat an elephant in the first place, but the the beauty of it, I think, is that it is growing. And it's one of those situations where a lot of people have put a lot of work into building the OSF to the point that it's at, and we're still building on that, right? We're still growing. We still have this vision of what we could be and how we could even better support the REGAF Right, support the mission, 
And so it's exciting to me because being being in an organization that is evolving and growing and has a clear and unique vision, that's exciting, mm-hmm. right? Because what's the alternative? You're not growing. You don't have a vision, right? You're stagnant. That's boring. I don't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I want to be a part of an organization that's excited, that's growing, that's on the move, right? And it's not going to let me get bored. Gotcha. No, it makes sense. Well said, man. Um, all right. Well, any last words that you might have, sir, for uh, anybody out there? Um, you know, I just think uh, certainly what Major Moore says is, is to offer up, uh, you know, our availability to anyone who's interested. Uh, there's, I think it's like a typical OSS that you would see in a flying wing or in the space wing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's opportunity to grow with us and then get back to another weapon system. Uh, so to kind of learn the different experiences and get get more breadth, right? Get wider on things uh, as you're working on one weapon system and getting deep and then you have time to, to kind of take a look at the big picture. And so I think that that's what the OSF, future OSS provides uh, to, to the 960, if that's a whole. Thank you, sir. Ma'am, any, any parting words? No, I'm good. I, I, I won't poke, I won't poke fun. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I got two last things for, uh, for gladiators out there and one for you, sir. The first one being, uh, I guess we're all out of bubble gum, right? Yeah. <laughs> is, is what that is. Uh, and then to the gladiators out there, remember, uh, thank you for everything you do. Uh, thank you for the sacrifices you make to be part of this. Uh, it's not, uh, lost on us and it's greatly appreciated and get out there and, uh, stab our enemies in the face through cyberspace.